The quest to feed a growing population is as fundamental to the human condition as breathing or walking upright. Homo sapiens migrated out of Africa after a population explosion that began 70,000 years ago, likely hunting for new sources of food. After the first farmers domesticated plants in Mesopotamia, humans as a species took off. Even rudimentary agriculture could feed 50 times more people than most types of foraging, allowing for larger communities, the leisure to make art or war, and increasing innovation and trade. Population growth and agricultural production have been locked in a never-ending tango ever since. For the first four million years of human existence, our population grew and fell in relation to our food supplies with roughly the same S-curve shown by almost every other species, from bacteria to blue whales. Only after we began farming did our curves start to radically diverge from those of our fellow species. Every agricultural advance, the domestication of plants, the domestication of livestock, irrigation, wet rice cultivation, the use of legumes and crop rotation, has led to an increase in population, if not an outright explosion. When populations outgrew their ability to feed themselves, hunger exacted its toll until a new food source was found, technology improved, new lands were conquered, or the number of mouths to feed declined. Numerous early scholars noted the relationship between population growth and available food supplies, including Confucius, Plato, and the author of Ecclesiastes. The latter wrote some 2,500 years ago, when goods increase, they are increased who eat them. Even the great classical economist Adam Smith observed in Wealth of Nations in 1776 that every species of animals naturally multiplies in proportion to the means of their subsistence, and no species can ever multiply beyond it. The relationship between our numbers and our food resources is so ingrained in our evolution that it's probably etched in our genetic code. Birth rates typically plunge during famines, whether they occur in Bangladesh, Ethiopia, or Ireland. An estimated 315,000 births were averted during the Irish potato famine. But it wasn't until the very end of the 18th century that a young British scholar attempted to describe exactly how that relationship worked. For his troubles, Reverend Thomas Robert Malthus became the father of modern demography, the study of populations, and one of the most hated scientists in history. On an autumn day raw enough to color the cheeks of the ruddiest Englishman, I hopped on the London tube to visit the British Library at St. Pancras to see for myself the book that scholars have been arguing over for nearly two centuries. The librarian in the rare book collection handed over a thin volume covered with small blobs rimmed by red and blue membranes, looking for all the world like cells dividing. The blurred letters on the cracked red leather spine read simply, Essay on Population, a truncation of the unwieldy title, An Essay on the Principle of Population as it affects the future improvement of society, with remarks on the speculations of Mr. Godwin, M. Condorcet, and other writers. The author was anonymous, and it was dated June 7, 1798. The meat of the argument appears in the first chapter. I think I may fairly make two postulates. First, that food is necessary to the existence of man. Second, that the passion between the sexes is necessary and will remain nearly in its present state.
Population, when unchecked, increases in a geometrical ratio. Subsistence increases in an arithmetical ratio. A slight acquaintance with the numbers will show the immensity of the first power in comparison of the second. By that law of our nature which makes food necessary to the life of man, the effects of these two unequal powers must be kept equal. This implies a strong and constantly operating check on population from the difficulty of subsistence. This difficulty must fall somewhere, and it must necessarily be severely felt by a large portion of mankind.